0: Hi, I'm an AKA Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Brought to you by our Patreon, score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins contest with a thousand dollar prize. Join today at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. bachelors, Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get your last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for twenty dollars off. Thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time, we really appreciate it. We're gonna talk about our my guys today, and we really want to get straight into the content. I'll let you know the rules. I let the guys know I don't want any players inside the top twelve. Brad, if he sends me a list of of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey, and Jamar Chase, this is my guys. And pretty, I'm good, sure, pretty good guys. I'm sure those are his guys. Um, <laughs> but we want to go a little bit deeper talking about guys that, that are kind of your league winners. These guys can can bring massive value to your teams or be key pieces outside of that first, first 12 positional picks. And then for the tight ends, because the tight ends kind of stink, we give them outside of the top six. So let's go straight into the quarterbacks with the first group. And so the first group right here. Brad, myself, and Bruni. We got all the SGPN guys on here. So, Brad, let's talk about your love for Jared Goff.
1: It's all about cost. We're talking about my guys. We're talking about for this season and a guy that's being drafted at ADP, QB 17, who was top 10 in fantasy points per game, threw for almost 4,500 yards, had like a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. He really did look like his prime self from when he was in St. Louis slash LA. So I think another year in that system, the addition of Jameer Gibbs, another year with Amon Ra, the addition of Sam Laporta, it really gives him another solid season. Also, you know, six weeks in, he gets a little bit of juice. And that juice being Jameson Williams, which I'm pretty excited to see, hit the field running super fast. So Jared Goff is my guy for the quarterback position.
0: Jared Goff only plays three games outdoors this year. I believe one of them is December in Chicago. But other than that, he's he's indoors on turf with a extremely fast squad. We'll talk about a few of those players later. I got Geno Smith and if you you could imagine the, like the NFL draft could have gone extremely poorly for Geno Smith. They could have drafted Anthony Richardson with the 5th pick. They they could have did a lot of different things. What did they do? They drafted a, a cornerback to help their defense. Got the best receiver in the draft and the day two they went and got another good running back. This offense was good last year. The defense was was okay. The offensive line, I think, is the only weak point on this offense. But how is anybody going to cover DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba? Like, I love Garrett Wilson. I love Chris Olave. JSN was outplaying them on the same field at Ohio State. You can't ignore that. I know this guy doesn't run a blazing 40, but he's good at football. And you're gonna tell me that you're gonna bring your third or fourth best corner over to go and, and uh cover this. Good luck. Like, that's just that's just not not a good not a good situation. So uh Geno Smith is the beneficiary. When you like all the receivers, the thing you gotta do is you gotta draft the quarterback. And in your super flex leagues, he is a perfect quarterback too. In your quarter, in your one quarterback leagues, if you don't get one of the top guys, I'm fine with falling back and taking Geno Smith with a very late ADP.
1: You even talk about the efficiency metrics that were just astronomical for Gino last year with his completion percentage and adjusted completion percentage of 78%. And at the, the first three quarters of the season was much higher than that. He did cool <laughs> off a little bit in the back end of the season, but another guy who had a three to one touchdown to interception ratio, just absolute monster.
0: Yeah, and so, uh, Brad, let's talk about Dak Prescott.
1: Yeah, look, I I like Dak. I like the offense. He's got some pieces with Tony Pollard, Jake Ferguson, or Luke Shoemaker, whoever ends up uh, coming up for that tight end position, CeeDee Lamb is obviously a monster. Michael Gallup, a year removed from his ACL. And the new wide receiver addition in Brandon Cooks. They've got some pieces around them. We haven't even talked about guys like Jalen Tolbert coming into his second year, a fairly high draft pick that seems to be flashing in camp and that kind of thing. My biggest concern from a Dak Prescott perspective when we talked about this a little bit is can Jake Ferguson really step into that role that Dalton Schultz filled? And how is the play calling going to to be a little bit different with the loss of Kellen Moore? So I have a little bit of hesitation with Dak because I, I want to see how the play calling is, how how Dak responds with some of these new pieces and without Dalton Schultz.
0: Yeah, and so this is Bruni's pick. Make sure you follow our guy SGPN, Bruni. And uh, what was the ADP for Goff and Smith?
1: Yeah, so for uh, Jared Goff, it was QB 17. Uh, Geno Smith is currently coming off of the board as QB 15. And Dak Prescott is QB 10. All right, some good values. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But hey, we talked about all those dome games that, that Jared Goff gets to play. I have yet to go and see a game in a dome. But if I was going to look for tickets, unfortunately, my brownies play outside. But if I'm going, you know what? I want to go see Jared Goff. I'm going to go check out gametime.co. It is the best and only way to go and buy tickets. It's fast, it's easy, and it can be for anything. Sports, music, comedy, theater, you name it. They got it. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all that fun that you know you're going to have. So, flash deals. Right now, you can jump on there. I looked at getting some tickets to, again, my brownies at Field. Oh, never mind. AccraSure Stadium here in Pittsburgh nearby for a fraction of the cost of what I paid last year to go see the Browns and the Ravens play. So you got to check it out. Don't bother all that planning, trying to get d- ticket deals early on. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So get exclusive fat flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, theater, like I talked about. So snag those tickets without the stress with game time. Go and download the game time app. Create an account and use our promo code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. So, again, go to GameTime app or gametime.co and use our promo code SGPN for $20 off.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the kids to go see SmackDown next week. So, um, shout out. So, uh, yeah, this is not a mistake here. (laughs) Um, We got double Danny Dimes. And as a true New York Giants fan, Every time someone's got a Danny Dimes highlight or uh, something to talk about, they always got to put some stupid picture of him looking stupid. And I get it. (laughs) Just like like any old New York Giants quarterback, he makes some stupid faces and does some stupid stuff. I get it. He's meme worthy. But look at that mustache. Looking like Danny GQ right there. (laughs) Got to show my guys some love. And uh, uh, J Mark and Sebastian, make sure you give them a follow. J Mark does a great job for uh, SGPN doing their auction content, and then Sebastian keeps you up to date with your injury news. And so, Danny Dimes, the reason that both of them want Danny Dimes on their team is the same thing. Second year in the Dable offense, you're looking at a guy that got massive upgrades on the offense. You got Darren Waller, you know, this team. I know everyone looks at Brian Dable and thinks they're going to try to replicate what the Bills do. Now they're going to try to replicate similar stuff to the Chiefs. Mike Kafka is the play caller. He was the offensive play caller and passing game coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago. And so Travis Kelsey was the star piece. Darren Waller is going to play that role. They got Jalen Hyatt as their, you know, their version for the <laughs> the speed guy. They got Darius Slayton coming off the outside, Isaiah Hodgins, and then Paris Campbell does all the stuff under the middle. Then you got Wondell Robinson and Sterling Shepard coming out of the slot. And then of course Saquon Barkley back there. So Danny Dimes was a top 10 quarterback last year. He won people leagues. He was a very good value last year. And uh, you know, he didn't really throw throw as much because of the weapons he had. So you could see some more, uh see some more um from Danny Dimes this year if he ups the passing game.
1: Yeah, he's QB fourteen in ADP, very affordable. But uh, you know we're we're the dynasty crew here, so I wanna I wanna s- just shift us for just a second, and I wanna look at some dynasty trades because they're very intriguing to me for Danny Dimes right now. So would you rather have Danny Dimes or Brock Purdy and Dalvin Cook? Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes all day long. Would you rather have Danny Dimes and a slew of hot mess? Keontae Ingram, Van Jefferson, a late 2024 second, and then a 2024 first, or or I'm sorry, a late 2023 second, and then a 24 first somewhere. So you're is really a first round pick for Danny Dimes. I mean, let's be honest here.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're looking at basically so a 24 first and a 23 second for Danny Dimes. Basically, I mean, that's the value. So, like, I'm okay either way on that one if you're going to sell him that's what you're going to sell him for but i'd rather just sell him and win games now and i'd rather i'd rather buy him and and win games now versus selling him but if you're selling him that's what you're doing um but i just i don't think you're you know you're getting enough back um if you're trading for
1: you know a late 24 first and a late 23 you know 23 second and then here's the last one i'm going to talk about daniel jones or aaron rodgers in a 24 second
0: Yeah. I like this deal right here.
1: Jesus. Yeah. What
0: what was it again?
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't think because he, he said people thought he got ripped off and yet (laughs) he gives up Tony and a third for Danny dimes, like absolute smash deal when you look at it a year, a year later, but it's Daniel Jones or Aaron Rodgers in a 24 second.
0: Yeah. I'm actually writing an article right now and I just put that one on there. So, um, you know, I'll say this. I mean, Aaron Aaron Rodgers got a two-year deal. Daniel Jones got a four-year deal. Do I, I I think that, you know, in two years from now, where are they going to be at? I'll say this. I think they're going to be very similar the next two years. And then you're most likely going to have Daniel Jones for an additional two years. So I'll take that additional two years of Daniel Jones for a second-round pick. Yep. Um. So I'll take the <coughs> Danny Dimes.
1: I get it. I get it well so, right. so
0: Mr carr i gave i left you with mr carr
1: man so uh, look i've i've had a derek Carr love for many many years up to this point so much that he was my sneaky pick to end up being a top 10 quarterback last season and let's just say that didn't necessarily come to fruition things though he found his way to the pine and then a new team afterwards But I still don't blame him, and I love Andrew's pick. That's A-Rob23 on Twitter. A-R-A-U-B 23 on Twitter. Check him out. He does a ton of best ball content. Believe it or not, after we get done right now, you should get off this show And check out Draft Day 2023. They're doing 24 straight hours of best ball drafts. Started at noon today. It's going to go to noon tomorrow where they're taking all those proceeds from underdog drafts, best ball drafts, and giving them to the I'm Able Foundation, which is all about uh, individuals who are amputees and getting them some prosthetics so that they can continue to be active. So please make sure to go check it out. It's for a great cause And it's fantasy football, so you're going to have some fun as well. But let's get back to Derek Carr. Look, he had some really serviceable weeks. He supported a hella good wide receiver in Devontae Adams, but he's coming off the board as the QB 22 right now. That is crazy, crazy, crazy value for a veteran Coming into an offense that's got Alvin Kamara, it's got Jamal Williams, it's got Michael Thomas, who looks to be healthy right now, an up and coming superstar in Chris Olave, a team that is pretty well rounded. And the biggest issue with them last year was the the proficiency or the efficiency of the quarterback position. They went through multiple guys there, and now Derek Carr brings a little bit of veteran solid quarterback play that I think can really return on that value. Now, do I think Derek Carr is going to end up being top 10 this season? Absolutely not, but I do think he's going to return on that QB 22 value right now because the team is just too good around him, not to mention the defenses and the division that he is playing are not good. So that is also going to help.
0: Yeah. And talking about playing in the dome, um, he gets to play in the NFC South, which not only is a cakewalk, but you're also playing, you know, in domes or good weather for most of the season. And he's been hitting the gym. Um, Uh, Yeah, look at that picture. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the side by sides, but he (laughs) didn't look like that last year. He definitely uh, had to go take a P test after this picture <laughs> right here. <laughs> so um, I'll be on at 9 a.m. tomorrow. And anybody that wants one of these, so these are golden tickets. If you want, you get uh, just a, a phone call with me. Facetime. We'll break down your team, whether it's a dynasty roster, whether you're going to do your redraft this weekend, best ball, whatever. Um, free con- to free free call um, as long as you as long as you need, and uh, we'll just we'll make sure that you guys go uh, win some championships this year. So. Make sure you follow A-Rob and J-Mark as well as Sebastian there. Let's go on to the running backs. Got a few different ones, Brad. Let's talk about Miles Sanders.
1: Oh, my God. All right. So, I love the situation that Miles Sanders finds himself in. He, He ran for 1,300 yards last year, and people are still hating on him still hating on him. He was RB10 in Fantasy Pros half point PPR scoring last year and everybody says, "Well, yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't catch the ball." Well, look, that that offensive play calling staff is talking about how they want to get Miles Sanders involved in the passing game. How they think he has that skill set and if you look back At his first two seasons, you can see that. He had 63 targets his rookie season, followed that up with 52 targets his sophomore season, and then last year you see five yards of carry and 1,300 yards. If this guy gets anywhere close to the volume that we think he can, where he could get 240, 250 touches like he did this year, plus you tack on 50 targets, That's a monster season for a guy that's coming off as the RB, hang on, I'm still scrolling, the RB20 in redraft leagues right now. So I think that's a screaming value for a guy that has huge upside and no competition in the backfield.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a second. First thing I want to do is make sure you guys sign up for Patreon just so you can get exclusive access to our contest. The NFL Win Totals Contest, it's got a $1,000 first place prize. So I want to make sure Jamie and all of you other uh, listeners get get that. Um, Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests just for the Patreons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. Maybe they'll talk about Kramer and Shula's from the Expo. You'll have to ask Kramer about that. Uh, there's even a discord channel just for Patreons. only only you can prevent corporate gambling do your part and sign up today sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash patreon that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com bashless patreon so um yeah there there has been some stuff with with uh with Sanders dealing with the groin injury i don't i don't know how you know how uh, i'm not a doctor so I'll, I'll refer to Sebastian on this one but with Sanders Um, I'm not concerned with Blackshear or Hubbard, um, Hubbard, I think will be the second guy. And I don't think that Sanders is going to get 95% of the work probably gets more of like 65, 70% of the work. Um, but even if he gets 60% of the work, I think he'll be all right. Hubbard will be the next guy up. And then after him, it's Blackshear, but yeah, I like Sanders for where he's at. And he's kind of that (coughs) low end We'll call him a bell cow because he appears to, to be that. We'll see. Um, but remember what Frank Reich has been doing with, you know, with Jonathan Taylor. We'll see if he does that with Miles Sanders. Um, I know they're different running backs, but if he uses him in any way like he did with Jonathan Taylor, it's going to be great things for Miles Sanders. Uh, my guy's Jameer Gibbs. And it's funny because I originally was going to go David Montgomery. And so David Montgomery has been a guy that I've just been smashing Every single draft as my third or fourth running back, I love the fact that he's going to play on a good offense with a the best offensive line he's ever played against, and he's a good running back. Like I, I think that Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery is a better running back room than DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, and David Montgomery is a better running back than Jamal Williams, who just had over a thousand yards and seventeen touchdowns on on the Detroit Lions. Even if, if Montgomery gets 80% of that 800 yards and 13 touchdowns, like that's an amazing season. So I do think Montgomery's a a good guy, but Gibbs is the one that I think has leave winning upside. If you're looking at someone that could be an Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler type of player, they don't really have anybody outside of Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jameson Williams. We'll see. And when he comes, is he going to be a volume receiver, or is he going to be a splash play, three or four targets, six targets a game kind of a guy, like a maybe Will Fuller type for the majority of his career? Sam Laporta, he's a young tight end. We'll see how he develops into this offense. We know Amon Ross, St. Brown's going to be the guy, and we know that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell absolutely love Jameer Gibbs. They were going to they they were going to draft Bijan Robinson if if the Falcons didn't. But they love Jameer Gibbs, and they took him earlier than anybody ever expected. And if you get to see the behind-the-scenes footage of the Detroit Lions and how they gushed over Jameer Gibbs, you're
1: gonna move them up your rankings because they're absolutely in love with this guy, for sure. But I, I do want to I want to put you in a, another trade situation because I know how much you love the young wide receivers when you're looking at rebuilding. So. Would you rather have this is this is almost straight up Jameer Gibbs and a 24-third or Drake London? Gibbs. Not even close. You didn't even hesitate with yeah. that. Didn't even hesitate with that. Interesting. Interesting. Okay.
0: I, I like London, but um, I mean, he's got Desmond Ritter for this year. If it doesn't work out, we're gonna be back hunting for a quarterback. If it does work out, like what's it gonna look like? Um, I just don't. I don't think that you can replace Jameer Gibbs as easily as you can place, replace Drake London right now. And it, go ahead. And I think that Gibbs is on track for like, you look at Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara and those guys that they never really got 200 plus touches from a rushing standpoint. They're used differently. Austin Eckler, like Austin Eckler's never had 200 rushing attempts. I Alvin mean, Kamara's never had in rushing attempts, and those guys still are top five or number one overall running backs. I think Gibbs could be that type of player, and it extends their career where you can get them further, you know, 27, 28 years old versus some of these guys like Zeke and Dalvin Cook that are breaking down at 26,
1: 27. Yep. So I, I'm struggling because there's no guarantee that that backfield doesn't look exactly like it did last year. Where DeAndre Swift was relegated to kind of passing work, and that's it. And Jamal Williams got all the goal line stuff. Is there any guarantee that you don't see David Montgomery in that Jamal Williams role and you see Jameer Gibbs in the DeAndre Swift role?
0: Nothing's a guarantee, but they took him 12th overall. I think you're going to see them on the field together a lot. I think Gibbs is a, he's more of a pass catcher than than Swift is so it's a good pass catcher he's a good running back but he's not necessarily like like Gibbs where he can line up in the slot and actually run routes and do that kind of those kind of things so I think you're going to see a combination of both in the field but I think they're going to use Gibbs they, they, they they Brad Holmes said he's not a he's not a running back he's a weapon yep and so you're going to see him use that way, not only in the screen Sometimes game. That's
1: concerning, though, when it's, it's, oh, well, this guy's a weapon. Like, okay, that's, that's very unclear to me. And what for me, that's plan on doing. now I know me, that's
0: Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey I'm is what kidding, I hear, but... <coughs> all right, let's talk about uh, Justin Henry's favorite player. Ooh,
1: Justin Henry's favorite. All right, look, so. I do love me some Damian Harris, or Damian Harris, Jesus Christ, Damian Pierce, another Damian. It is challenging for me to really go after this guy when you were looking at an ADP. uh, Let's take a look here. His ADP is Damian Pierce, RB15. That is really high right now. So I struggle with a guy who doesn't catch passes. They bring in Devin Singletary, who I'm not saying Devin Singletary is taking his job or whatever. Rookie quarterback, which means, okay, yeah, they're going to try to funnel the ball to Damien Pierce. They're going to try to run, establish that, and then, you know, get the pass based off the run. But without that pass catching, RB15 feels like a really, like a ceiling play to me. So I love him as a talent. I love the way he runs because he's violent and doesn't care. But that's also going to matter from a longevity perspective throughout the year. So I just, at RB15, he's a little too expensive for my taste right now.
0: Yeah, and so what was said about Damian Pierce um, in regards to the love for him is, is he's a dog. Um and you can see you can see him not only short short yardage but this guy's you know it's aggressive runner um he gets gets that extra yardage and um you know he should command the backfield to himself is what that's what Bernie's putting putting down um not afraid of Devin Singletary and that's why he's got him got him here so um if you agree or disagree let SGPN Bernie know and please let Justin Henry know how much you love. Damian
1: Pierce, because that's his favorite player in the world. Would you move a 25 first and a 24 second for Damian Pierce? But I I'd sell him for that. (laughs) Exactly. Like that's, that's a dynasty trade that just went down uh, the 13th. What is that? Three or four days ago. Um, Would you rather have Damian Pierce or Marvin Mims and a 24 second?
0: Mm, I mean, if you if you're a contender, need a running back, I'd rather just keep Pierce. I don't think you're getting like a crazy value, um, yep. but I do like Mims in a second, uh, and that because Mims is my guy.
1: And then Damian Pierce and a 24 first or DK Metcalf. Mm, DK. Yep. So I just he's bringing some he's bringing some value right now. Oh, Everybody. I know he
0: is because I scooped up oh. a whole lot of Damian Pierce last year. I have zero shares left, but I I sold every single one of them for a 2023 first. Um, and so this is not a typo. Um, J Mark and A Rob are on the same page here, and they uh, they like themselves some. You know, like themselves some James Cook. Uh, so SGPN is putting the stamp on it, and so James Cook was a guy that I considered. And I know that he's a polarizing player. And there's people out there that absolutely don't like this guy. And I've seen some like anti-James Cook posts where people are just like, I don't get it. And so here's what I get. I played against James Cook in fantasy football last year. And I saw him ripping off seven, eight yards a clip through the on the ground at 10, 12 yards in the air. He was very efficient, very explosive at the end of the season. And he only, like, it was only uh, the end of the season that he took over the backfield. But, man, this guy looked, he looked good. And so he is projected to be the lead back. I know Damian Harris is there. Um, But he's supposed to be, he's expected to be the lead back on the, one of the best offenses in football and with the way they were using him last year and how explosive he looked i'm just i i think that he is a is great value at rb
1: rb30 like yeah uh, yeah it's it might be later than that uh james cook is rb31 right now Yep, rb31 and a half point ppr and uh, you know you talked about how he turned it up in the back half of the season he had f- five out of the last eight games he was an rb2 or better Right. So while that's not like lighting the world on fire, obviously, um, he was a rookie, not in the primary kind of position to be the running back. And now he's he's the guy that knows the offense. He started to develop a little bit of trust with uh, Josh Allen and the the offensive schemes there. And I think he's going to build on that in year two. I really like this call. He's he's definitely a guy I'm a lot higher on uh than some others so
0: yeah you're paying rb3 prices like you're talking about like eighth ninth round pick this is like a zero rb dream and you're getting a guy that's got what second round draft capital third round draft capital and he's a pass catcher so i know they didn't use him as as a pass catcher last year and that's what a lot of people want to point to like he he wasn't used in that way and they kind of expected him to be the you know to be like we talked about with Jameer Gibbs a little while ago. This is an offense that was trying to find themselves last year. It was a new offense with Ken Dorsey. They have, you know, a full year to get things under their belt. And James Cook started the season off with an injury that kind of prevented him from being implemented into the offense early on in the season. Devin Singletary's out of town. Yes, Damian Harris and Josh Allen are going to take some goal line work. That's fine. He's not a goal line back. Like, you know, like – You just, that's not, that's not my concern here. You know, uh, I'm looking at a guy that is is more of a pass catcher as well as big plays. So I saved you, your guy. That honestly, I was so, so surprised that you didn't pick him as your guy, J.K.
1: Dobbins. So here, here's my excitement. So I was already really high on J.K. Dobbins from a dynasty perspective. But then seeing our football doc sebastian show that vote of confidence in his knee makes me even more excited than i already was look if you look at the end of season stats with jk dobbins it does not look good i get it you look his hit at his adp rb20 it does not look great however if you actually watched jk dobbins his explosiveness was legit last season. He had it. What he didn't have was his long speed. Well, I talked about it when we covered GameTime.co. I was at a Browns-Baltimore Ravens game. J.K. Dobbins, the end of the season, or I'm sorry, the beginning of the season. turn around and had some a couple monster runs. Short area, making people look Ridiculous. But you see him start to hobble at the end of the run. He's getting 30, 40 yards down the field. And he got chased down because he didn't have that long speed back. Now he's a year removed. And at the cost, like Jamie's saying here on the screen, I think it's an absolute smash. Think about what Miles Sanders was able to do with Jalen Hurts, right? I talked about Miles Sanders a little earlier. 1,300 yards with that running, rushing first quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And now you see a much more explosive athlete playing with Lamar Jackson. If he gets 250 touches, he is a lock to be a top 10 running back by the end of the season. You're muted, bud.
0: Sebastian basically said the same two things. Um, you know, it's year two off the ACL, so you usually see players' explosiveness and, um, you know, all those other things come back. And I looked at some of his metrics before the injury and after the injury, and it was nice to see not only the breakaway percentage, the forced mctack- tackle rate, the elusiveness rating, they were all the same. And so this guy, um, he really is one of the best running backs. in and he has been able to stay healthy. And as long as he can stay healthy, every season, he's got 10 plus snaps he's got fifteen plus. Points. And he's got a good offensive line, he's got a good offense there. I think Todd Monk and man, does good. Flowers looks so good. You better get him on your team. And uh let's talk about receivers. Let's talk about Zay Flowers, who almost made my guys, but I didn't want to go all rookies here. Um, Brad, let's tell, tell about Mr. Elijah Moore.
1: Look, I don't have a whole bunch of stats to back this up. I've got a couple. If you go back and look at his rookie season, everybody knows those five, five weeks he had between week nine and week 13. He was on fire. He was the PFF rated number six wide receiver. He was creating three and a half yards of separation had over 21% of his team's target area yards. He was just heavily targeted and looked to be the real deal coming out of Ole Miss. Everybody loved him. I know I was crazy high on him. And then the mess that was 2022 hit, and nobody, like, it just didn't click. He got, he got upset with his role. Look, maybe he's got some maturity issues. I get it. But he finds himself in a situation where he gets a fresh start with a a quarterback that we've seen be elite before. I'm not going to say he's elite right now because I think that would not be justice. But we've seen Deshaun Watson be elite before. So quarterbacks, we've heard the term quarterbacks don't forget how to be elite. Now, it's whether or not he still has a skill set, he can process, all of those things. But I think coming into a team that we know wants to throw the ball a little bit more and the skill set that Elijah Moore has to just get open at will and create separation at will, Deshaun Watson doesn't force the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over. So having somebody like Elijah Moore to be a security blanket, I think is going to be huge. And it would not shock me if this dude is the target leader for the Cleveland Browns, even as much as I love and believe Amari Cooper is an absolute stud, I think we could see Elijah Moore lead this team in touches uh, at the wide receiver position. So I'm, I'm calling my shot. I'm trying to get him everywhere I can. Unfortunately, there's a lot of teams that I'm in leagues with, a lot of savvy players that are like, whoa, 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 like we're not selling him to you for a second rounder. We want a late first. Ooh, I don't know if I can do that. So maybe I'm not as high as I should be on him, but he—he is definitely my guy this year.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, you know, Elijah Moore had six touchdowns in six games that rookie year. He was wide receiver three during those six weeks. That just doesn't happen like that. That's not like okay. Like that's this guy had a fluke. No, like that doesn't happen. Six it was game six,
1: sample size.
0: Yeah, it was six games in a row. Yep, with you know whoever throwing qu- at quarterback. So, um, yeah, I understand the concerns. Um, you know because you know what, Garrett Wilson thrived in that offense, and other players have played well. Um, here's the deal: Elijah Moore's got some maturity issues, and he's not a good run blocker. Those are the reasons that he fought with the the team. He definitely uh I definitely think the Browns put a high enough investment in him. You know, they could have drafted Jonathan Mingo or Marvin Mims or Jaden Reed. Instead, they traded for Elijah Moore. And that tells me a lot about how they feel about him. Because he's only got one more year in his deal after this year. And so they're gonna have to pay him or they're gonna lose that draft pick for nothing, like the Bears are doing with Chase Claypool. So um I, I love Elijah Moore this year. I just hope his value stays in a spot where I can continue to get him as my, you know, RB five or receiver five. Yep. Um, Yep. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen every year. um, This could be my guy every year. I just love Keenan Allen. I love these big slot receivers. They just, they're, especially in your PPR formats. They're just, they're great. And, and Keenan Allen, people want to talk about how he's like uh, always hurt at the beginning of his career. Yes. But last year he missed, last year he played 10 games. Before that, 16, before that, 15, before that, 16. This this guy has been healthy. Last year he just missed six games in a row with hamstring injury. When he came back, he was wide receiver four. He's got one of the best quarterbacks in football on one of the best offenses in football. And he's the main piece after Austin
1: Eckler. Sign me up for Keenan Allen in the third round every single league. Wide receiver two or better in his final eight games coming off the board as the wide receiver nineteen, dude. That's a smash in redraft leagues. It, it it's crazy to see how far he dropped as good as he was when he came back. Yeah. Now, now I, Mike Williams I'm, missed some of those games, so you, there's a there is a. Uh, a narrative that you can push to say, ah, oh, well, that's kind of fluky. But Kenan, that's not fluky because Keenan Allen's really freaking good and has been for a long time.
0: Now, he's been discount DeAndre Hopkins for a long time. And so yep. you can go and get, you know, go get CMC in the first round, get Mark Andrews in the second, get Keenan Allen a third. I mean, this guy could be your number one receiver. You don't have to. But, like, this guy's, this guy's a beast. Let's talk about Bernie's pick, D.K. Metcalf.
1: I love it. I, I love D.K. Metcalf. He is, he's got that mentality. He'll block. He'll go up and get it. He's got the speed. Uh, Geno Smith and that offense just clicked last year. My biggest concern here is, is, and it's never been a huge narrative for me with a lot of players, but there really are a whole lot of mouths to feed here. There's Kenneth Walker. There's Zach Charbonnet. There's no JSN. Fan. What's that? No fan. <laughs> what? I was gonna leave him off the list this time. There, there's Tyler Lockett, there's JSN, and there's DK. I don't know. I wanna like all of these guys. I just don't know that Gino can support all five of them from the passing game. So Somebody is going to lose out here. Is it DK? Is it Lockett? Is it JSN in year one? What does that look like? DK had an okay season last year, but I I think, unfortunately, you may be looking at his ceiling moving into this season as the wide receiver 15 coming off the board. I just, he's going to have some boom weeks. Don't get me wrong, but I think throughout the season, there are going to be some of those weeks that you just don't trust either. So I, I like him at his ADP, it's probably as high as I would be willing to go, but if I could get him a little discounted, I'd be even more excited.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how much those running backs eat into the receiving game. Um, but I, I do understand what you're saying. When, you know, Lockett, JSN, and DK Metcalf, all three of them can't be wide receiver ones every week. Right. And so you're gonna have guys go away and things like that. So let's move on to the next.
1: What? You mind if I throw a couple of trades at you for this one? Of course. All right. So this is this is where you start to think. Okay, Sam Darnold and DK Metcalf or Brandon Ayuk in a 24 second.
0: I mean, I really like IUK. Sam Darnold doesn't mean anything to me in that trade. Yep. Um, so it's basically it Iuk in a second for DK. Yep. I'll take that's a
1: guy. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning the Ayuk side. <laughs> DK Metcalf, David Montgomery, and a second, or Dak Prescott and DJ Moore? Dak and DJ. Yeah, like I, he's bringing a good amount of value right now, and I just I think that ceiling is is marked off a little bit. Uh, yeah, it'll so. be
0: interesting because Tyler Lockett's a guy that, you know, especially with his contract and stuff, could be moved on from. And so if you're looking at <laughs> D- DK Metcalf and JSN next year, That could be, you know, very interesting as he D.K. see a a kind of a bounce back. Absolutely. All right. Speaking
1: of Brandon Ayuk, the doc has Brandon Ayuk. Brad. Um, You want to talk about him? Dude, I love him. He's just he's so discounted right now. I'm watching D.K. Metcalf go off in the fourth round or Debo Samuel get drafted in the fourth round. You get Brandon Ayuk in the sixth or seventh round and he finished better than Debo. He's I, I just I like him. He's a better more well refined well defined wide receiver. I get Debo is this all-around skill set can be moved around and is an absolute beast with the ball in his hand, but you could clearly tell that Iuk was more uh, had more of the eye of Brock Purdy than what Debo did. George Kittle had more of the eye than Debo did. So uh, I, I just like the upside that you're going to get with Brandon Ayuk, um, even with Brock Purdy being consistently 200 yards and a couple touchdowns every week. I just think he is an, going to end up being an elite producer at the wide receiver position and at the ADP of – I don't even see him yet. It is wide receiver 29. He was a – was he 15, I think, last year? 15. Like, and, and that's with only Brock Purdy there for seven games or whatever it was. So, uh, of the regular season, six or seven games of the regular season. So I really like the value of Brandon Ayuk right now.
0: Yeah. Um, Sebastian called him the, you know, the ugly stepsister. Um, like, I don't know what it is, but people still continue to draft Debo Samuel over him and it makes no sense. And so we had Jagger may on the show a few, uh, few months ago, and, and him and I are both, you know, big Brandon Ayuk fans. Uh, I mean, I I got into it with Chase Vernon on his show, and I was like, Brandon Ayuk over Terry McLaurin, hands down. And so he was like yeah. jaw drop, shocked that I said that. Um, but like, you talk about like the, the bell of the ball, he was Jimmy's favorite receiver other than George Kittle as well. Debo had six good weeks two years ago and people are still paying like chasing those points way too much. Money. And so, um, yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll go with J Mark, um, and, and talk about Calvin Ridley. Um, I, I get it. This guy hasn't played football in two years and there's some concerns, but I, I'll tell you right now, this guy's good at football. He's been one of the best route runners in the game for a very long time. And I love the fact that he's going to a situation with Doug Peterson And with Trevor Lawrence, Uh, he was left in a really tough situation, having to fill the shoes of Julio Jones with an aging Matt Ryan and a team with Dan Quinn that really was kind of crumbling. And so we had the mental health and you got to take that seriously. And then he had that suspension. That was just stupid. I mean, this guy got suspended for a year. I get it. He shouldn't have done that, but. I mean, come on. We we know some other guys did some other really bad stuff and didn't get a year. And so um, Calvin Ridley is a guy that I absolutely, um, I think, has top 10, top 12 upside. And yeah, the ADP is coming up a little bit, but you're still getting him in a wide receiver two range. And uh, in this offense with Trevor Lawrence, he could easily be a wide receiver one. Well, Chase is a Washington homer. I'd rather have Ayuk over over Terry too. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, Chase Vernon. Absolutely. Thanks, Jamie. Make sure you let him know about it. Um, so speaking of Washington, we got um shout out to trophy smack. Uh shout out to Andrew Robb. Uh, and he went a little homer and picked Jahan Dotson. Let's talk about it, Brad.
1: I love it. I don't know if you could hear my stuff going off there. I don't know what was happening. Hopefully you didn't hear it over the mic. No? Nothing. I didn't hear anything. I got a bunch of banging dishes. Alright, good deal. Good deal. Hey, look. Seven touchdowns through his first... Oh, I'm sorry. Four touchdowns through his first four games. Plus, he can't, He got hurt. Comes back. Scores three more touchdowns. Has 100 yards a couple times. This dude is a red zone machine. He's got hella good hands. And... He did come from my alma mater, Penn State, so maybe there's a little bit of Penn State Nittany Lions love there as well, but look, I think Sam Darnold, or Sam Darnold, I did it again, Sam Howell is a better option than either of the quarterbacks that he saw throwing to him last season. I think the stability there, new offensive coordinator, coordinator Eric enemy I do think he's going to bring something different to that offense. He's going to spice it up a little bit. They want to see what Sam Howell can do. Plus, do we really believe in Curtis Samuel anymore? I used to be really high on Curtis Samuel, but I think that Jahan Dotson's the two to me. Jahan Dotson is the red zone guy, and I just think he's going to smash his current ADP of way down here, uh, wide receiver 38. Right, I, I mean, when you see seven touchdowns through the 10 games that he played or so, you bet now extrapolate that over a whole season, you hope. I know touchdowns aren't necessarily sticky, but he's going to – a second year in an offense, second year in the NFL, another season with Sam Howell. It's just I think you're going to see some good things from him. So I really liked Andrew's picks up to this point.
0: All right. Well, shout-out to Andrew. I like J. Mark's picks. And uh, I like FF Bourbon Dudes picks. Let's go. This one was a little spicy, (laughs) a little bit further down the board. Irv Smith. Let's talk about it.
1: Look, I've always liked the late tight end draft style in redraft leagues. I've always punted that position. Now, I haven't played tight end premium redraft leagues. I've played quite a bit of tight end premium in most of my dynasty leagues, But in redraft, I haven't been in a tight end premium uh, outside of the Scott Fishbowl. And even then, I've been kind of putting that tight end a little bit in there. So Irv Smith, he's my highest owned player in some of these redraft leagues because I just think he's a really good, solid player. If he can stay healthy. Now, do I roll into the season with him as my only tight end? Absolutely not. But we saw Hayden Hurst. Be a very usable tight end for about half the season, about eight weeks. And he was basically free. Irv Smith is stepping into an exact, a very similar role, if not the exact same role. And I think he's more athletic and he's faster than Hayden Hurst. I think he gives Joe Burrow another big-time weapon to put some points on the board. And I think it could be a very interesting season for Irv Smith where we might get to see this tight end break out. Everybody wants these tight ends to be like year one, year two breakout. That does not typically happen. It takes some time. And especially with Irv Smith, not only with time, he had some injuries mixed in there as well. So I'm, I'm rolling with Irv Smith right now, late in my redraft leagues. I mean, he's basically free. Let's, let's see what the ADP is real quick. Just before Irv Smith, uh, tight end nineteen, right around Dawson Knox and Jawan Johnson and Luke Musgrave, Michael. Where, Mayer. Where's
0: that Mike Gesicki going?
1: Like, uh, Mike Gesicki is tight end twenty five. Yeah, and we're
0: looking at one quarterback PPR redraft. Right. Um, and I know this is usually a dynasty show, but um, and as far as the uh you know as far as ar smith i know everyone's a little uh, worn out with the Aerosmith smith breakout you know it's been 3 years 4 years coming we'll see and in the making um,
1: for a long time
0: uh, he's he's going to be the fourth or fifth option on this team so the upside's capped but this is a very good offense and you could definitely see some serviceable weeks i think it's a good streaming option and if someone were to go down a tyler boyd or something like that you could see some increase um kasiki's interesting i heard a lot of good stuff about him in camp so um I'm gonna go and in this one I, I thought hard about this one because it's so unlikely for a rookie tight end to hit. And so here's why most rookie tight ends don't hit. They have to learn how to block, they learn how to play receiver. Tight end. and it uh, takes a while and then, and a lot of the actual stuff. But here's the Bills aren't going to ask him to be a lineman. They drafted him in the first round. They've been using him out of the slot. And if you look at their team, their current second, third is a combination of Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir. And they've been running a lot of two tight end sets where Dawson Knox and and Dalton Kincaid are on the field together. And they're using, they're very similar when, you know, when when it had Hernandez and, and Gronk out there, they're not asking Kincaid to block. And so I think this guy is going to be heavily used in route participation. And he's essentially going to be their slot receiver. And we've seen this team heavily target the slot. And on top of it, you want a guy that can get open and create separation, Stefan Diggs and Dalton Kincaid. That's going to be your number one and number two targets in the red zone for Josh Allen. So I could see a world where this guy gets 8 to 10 touchdowns. Maybe he doesn't get a 1,000 yards receiving, but if he can go and get 70 or 80 targets and get 15 to 20 red zone targets, he could be an absolute smash And a lot of people are fading him because he's a rookie tight end. And so um, I'm going to take the shot on him as my second tight end. Or if I go get him, yeah, I'll get a safer option in the back, like a Tyler Higby or something like that. But I'm going to go with the high upside of Kincaid.
1: I love that. I mean, it makes sense. You, that's really all you hear about is him lining up in the slot out wide this, that you don't hear anything about him being a down tight end in line tight end. And Dawson Knox kind of has that role. So like you said, do they have anybody outside of Gabe Davis really? And there's question marks around Gabe Davis even, right? So it's definitely a feasible thing that we see Dalton Kincaid be at least number two in targets for this team. So that's well, that's enough to get to where you're talking about. So and
0: Daniel Jeremiah talked about it. He said, "Listen, I saw, I saw the Chargers use a top draft to go traffic, traffic, and try to draft and that's seen Travis kill down games every single year." You don't try to stop the Chiefs. You go and try to outscore them, and so you go and add a weapon. So what do you know? What do the Bengals do? They go get T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. What do the Chiefs? You know, what are the Bills got to do? They're gonna add a weapon, and they tried to add one of the receivers, Say Flowers, Quentin Johnson, but those guys went before their pick, and so they got Dalton kade who, in my, opinion, he's a it's a jumbo receiver. Um, he's more of an Evan Ingram type of player. He's not necessarily a, you, you're you know traditional tight end
1: yeah for sure all right let's move on to Justin Bruni and SGP and Bruni's uh content around the tight end and it's gonna be Tyler Conklin tight end from the New York Jets and I Bruni I swear I'm not trying to crap on you with all your picks here man but I'm gonna I just I'm low on this one too but I, I I do see this could be looked at the same lens as I do with the Irv Smith one right so i could see there's some similarities here but here's here's the thing here's my sticking point with this aaron rodgers and robert tanyan over the last 5 years you know robert tanyan's touchdowns those 5 seasons two touchdowns two touchdowns 11 touchdowns one touchdown one touchdown So four of his five seasons with Aaron Rodgers netted him six total touchdowns. And then he had the outlier 11 touchdown season. If you want to rely on that 11 touchdown season and say, Hey, that's what we think Tyler Conklin could be. Then I, okay. I, but we added Dalvin cook. They brought in Alan Lazard, who Aaron Rodgers loves. They have Garrett Wilson, who is the target hog of that offense and they still have Brees Hall as well. Plus, they Brian in Randall Cobb. I'm not really worried about that. But they have Corey Davis, too, who I don't think it's fair to just kind of throw to the wayside. So that just just like you talked about with Irv Smith, there's a lot of mouths there. He's like the fifth option at best. But the the fact that Aaron Rodgers doesn't really support a tight end and he never really has, that concerns me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think Conklin, I mean, Conklin's so cheap. And so that's, um, that that's, an that's,
1: you know. <laughs> uh, 30, tight end 30. He's likely undrafted.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking, I mean, if you're looking at Irv Smith at, at tight end 19 or, or Tyler Conklin at tight end 30, I mean, the likelihood of either of them hitting is probably similar um, yep. and the, the price is good. Um they're both just so buried on the depth chart and the totem pole. Um, I mean, I'm still taking those guys over Noah Fant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're probably sitting at the same table as Noah Fant. Um, where it just you know it's gonna take somebody else probably. Whoa, going whoa, whoa!
1: Noah fans tight in 33. He's underneath both of them. Okay, guys, okay. Right? They're
0: they're like split yeah. in the middle between the big kids table and the kids table. They're the big kids table. They're not sitting with the big guys. They're sitting at the big kids table and then no offense sitting by himself with, uh, you know, one of those little hats on the little cone. Hats, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sitting at the little kids table. But Conklin, you know, the worst thing, you know, if he needs to, he can just go be in one of those Vikings uh, Netflix series Uhtred, Um, because he just straight up looks like a Viking. I don't know if you've seen all of his tattoos, but um. that dude is uh, he's tatted up. Everything below the beard is tatted. <laughs> So um yeah, let's uh let's do a shout out to our guys. Um actually we're not done. We're not done. We got more tight ends. Um Jay Mark went with Dallas Goddard on the stage. And i taking the pretty pretty easy here for, for my guy. Um Dallas Goddard is really good at football and he's been good for a long time. And so uh Dallas Goddard is a guy that you could there's a, there's a path where this guy ends up as a top three tight end. Um, You know, it could easily happen. And so you're getting him, you know, in the mid rounds, you know, probably the round seven, eight, nine, and he's got some really good value. Um, I got him as my Scott Fishbowl tight end. So I'm a fan of Dallas Scott, even though he's an Eagle.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because so Fantasy pros has him as the number six, Uh, tight end going off behind Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, and Pitts. But I've seen both Darren Waller and Evan Ingram go above him multiple drafts. Uh, so you, if you can get him at the tight end eight spot, that's a killer deal.
0: Well, when I looked at it, Waller was ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: nuts. Nutsy cuckoo. Uh, Ah,
0: I'll take, I'll take Waller over Goddard. Ooh, Nazi cuckoo! No way. Waller's the number one on the offense. Goddard's oh. number three.
1: Mm-mm. I, you could argue Dallas Goddard is number two. You really, as much as I love Devonta Smith, he really didn't start hitting until Dallas got hurt. So I, I get it. I, I I I say the same thing. Yeah,
0: we'll but, see. We'll all see. All right, let's
1: let's move on to Chig. Look, oh, I get it. He. We're projecting. We want to see more of this super athletic tight end. The news of Traylon Burks, while it sucks for Traylon Burks, it might. It, it, well, it's not that it might. It is definitely good news for Chig and his opportunity in that offense with Ryan Tannehill and DeAndre Hopkins moving all that coverage towards him. So I think coming off as a tight end 12 with that Traylon Burks news, I'm okay with that price. And he really could pay up. I mean, Is it unfeasible to think that he could finish above Cole Komet, David Njoku, and Pat Fryerman, who's right next to him? I don't think so. I think he could return and be a top 10 tight end because of that. So I know
0: I said I said it was probably a blasphemous that I said on Monday, but like I I think Brian Anahill is becoming a really good value in your league. So, um, you talk about a guy that's going for like free, free. Uh, he's got Chig, he's got Derrick Henry. He's got, I really think that, you know, coaching matters. And he's got a, a great coach. Last year he was dealing with a foot injury almost all year. They got DeAndre Hopkins now. Like, he's got a decent set of weapons. Burks is not out for the season. Kyle yep. Phillips is there. Um, not Nick, you know, Nick Westbrook-Akine. They got some other pieces. So
1: That's that's like me talking about Noah Fant. You're bringing uh, up I, Kyle I, All right, that all right. Run, I,
0: I'll... Yeah, it's like saying Zach Charbonnet's going to take a whole lot of receiving work. I get it. I get hey,
1: it. you might.
0: Uh, yeah. You might. It's like Kyle, I think Kyle Phillips and Charbonnet targets. Let's let's we'll keep track of those.
1: Um, <laughs> I might take that bet. I yeah, might take I, that bet.
0: I'll take Kyle Phillips in that bet. Um, and so, uh, Chig is a guy, again, projecting Janu Smith kind of a player, and they're trying to recapture that very high um, – you know, very high as far as, you know, the metrics, but very low, um, you know, very low sample size. Pat Frymuth is next guy, Sebastian's pick, another guy that's very close to that top six. He's your kind of mid round tight end. And for me, I like the pick, um, but I think you're probably getting him at his ceiling. Um, you're getting him at like seven, eight or nine. And that's probably where he's going to finish because you talk about a guy that's probably not top, you know, two on his team could be three or four. You're looking at a guy that has a team that has George Pickens has Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris. And then they also got Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin on the team as well. And Darnell Washington. So, um, I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be able to produce enough to support Pickens and Johnson, let alone other pieces like Pat Frymuth and, um, you know, we talk about Calvin Austin or Allen Robinson. So, Farnese probably is the number three on the team, and he probably ends up as a top ten tight end. I just don't know if he's going to be, you know, someone that gives you that much upside on a weekly basis, and I don't think you're going to get much profit for where you're drafting him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's that middle tight end, right? He's coming off the board at tight end nine. He had he had almost a hundred targets last year. Uh, just a couple touchdowns. But if you look at his, his rookie season, he had seven touchdowns. So is it, un, is it unreasonable to think that you could continue to see a hundred? Tar- he only needs two more targets. He had 98. So could he see a hundred targets, 700 yards and seven touchdowns? I think it's reasonable that you could, uh, see something like that. Now you need to see that offense do better than they did. Right. Where, you know, the second half of the season, they were clearly moving the ball. They just couldn't convert it into touchdowns. So we want to see those touchdowns start to hit. You want to see Pickens start to, you know, open up the offense a little bit more. You want to see Kenny Pickett grow a little bit. So I, I think you can see him with that. You know, we've always talked about you want to tight If you can get a tight end, they can get 100 targets that's that's pretty solid that that's a top five type of tight end season and if he can if he can stack six seven touchdowns on top of it i i think you can find yourself with a top six top five tight end yeah
0: 100 targets is guaranteed top 12 tight end yeah if you can get a thousand air yards you're talking about a top six tight end so yeah,
1: that's why i not, to he's not gonna be that air yards guy and
0: that, that's that's sure. that's really kind of where i'm at with him is you're drafting him at tight end eight or nine he's probably going to finish tight end seven or eight at best. Um, let's go in. And this is a special shout out. Again, SGPN fantasy. We got a whole lot of different. And and I always tell everybody every off season, try different types of fantasy football. If you enjoy it. There's so at the expo, we learned about a hundred different ways to play fantasy football, but SGPN has got nine different channels. We talk about best ball. We talk about DFS dynasty. We talk about Debbie. We talk about IDP. And so Gary, Uh, Craig and Johnny do a great job. So I got the IDP tipster. If you play IDP, this is for you. We got right here from the, you know, this guy, John Johnson with the Rams. He used to be on the Rams, went to the Browns, went back to the Rams where he, you know, helped him get paid. He's, he's a guy that you're going to want to target. And that's one of Gary's my guys. And, um, the other guys on the board, I'm not an IDP guy, so I want to make sure I get them right for you. I know Alex Singleton. Alex is. Singleton, right? Yep, Alex Singleton, inside linebacker, right there. And Alex Singleton is definitely a guy that just racks up. Him and Josie Jewell just rack tackles, them up. Tackles, tackles and so yeah. that's going to be an interesting defense there. Um, you know, I know Sh- I know Sean Payton has a you know new defensive coordinator over there, but this guy just he li- lines up tackles. X giant here Dalvin Tomlinson runs stuff or eats up the middle and you're going to have, you know, you're going to have him. And then this is Carl Granderson from the saints. And so the saints had both their, you know, they really keep churning out defensive ends and send them to free agency. So they just had their defensive end, go to Minnesota, got some, got paid pretty well. Um, and they had their other, you know, edge go to the Atlanta Falcons and get paid pretty well. So, Anderson goes in there and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be that other outside edge and, and uh, you know, he's going to be, you know, an IDP person. You're going to want to go after, according to Gary, the IDP tipster, Brad, we're going over an hour. That's, it's all I got. I'm good, man. I'm ready. All right. On. Well, everybody, as always, thanks for checking in. Thanks for listening.
1: He does go, he does
0: go, Hit that subscriber button. We appreciate you. Good luck this season. Cheers.